Welcome to the Land of Etheria. Season 1, The Shattering. Episode 1, The Shattering. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, there was a princess named Nea and a princess named Lulu. And they lived in a big castle in a land called Etheria. And they loved to play with friends and go on the most amazing adventures. They were courageous and brave and always ready to help out. One fateful night, they were outside stargazing on the grass, talking with each other about their latest adventure. When out of nowhere, up in the sky, something amazing happened. Something that had never happened before. There, in the night sky, among the stars, there shot across the sky a rainbow but not like anything they've ever seen before. It was like a group of shooting stars all together, like one big rainbow lighting up the sky. Only they didn't stay together like a rainbow. In one single moment, they shattered, crack, and started shooting out across the night sky. All the colors of the rainbow, and even some others, all in different directions. It was like nothing you've ever seen before. At that moment, once the rainbow pieces had fallen to the ground all over Etheria, Nea and Lulu looked at each other, eyes wide open, hardly believing what they saw. With nothing else left to see, they ran back to their castle, talking over and over about what they had just seen and heard. They had no idea what had happened, or what could cause such a cataclysmic event like this. It was so special, and it seemed so magical, so unbelievable. The very next morning, they went to the library, and they tried to find as many books as they could about this rainbow shattering in the sky. But unfortunately, none of the books said anything about this. And when they asked around, no one else had anything that seemed to make sense. Some people had already been in bed and didn't see it. Others who saw it said it was the beginning of a new time of peace, while others had the opposite thoughts, like it was a time to be afraid. Since Nea and Lulu didn't quite know if anyone had any better thoughts than themselves, they decided to try to follow the closest star that fell near the castle. They ran through the back fields around the foxtail lake, where they could have sworn one of the stars fell, and they looked around all day, but they couldn't find anything on the ground. So they decided to head back home for dinner before it got too late. The next morning, they woke up and went out for a walk together, talking even more about what had happened. And as they were walking in the eastern gardens, they heard a noise behind the shrubbery. Shh! Lulu, did you hear that? said Nia. Lulu just stood there, looking at her sister, acknowledging that she heard something. Then from the bushes came a low, bold roar, one the girls had heard before many, many times, one that would normally scare the pants off someone, someone who didn't know where it came from. Tuck, is that you? said Nia. From within the bushes emerged a large, furry lion. His slow growl got louder and louder until it grew into a full-on roar. The girls stood there as the power of the lion's great roar caused their hair to dance in the wind. 
Did you see that colorful shooting star rainbow thing last night? Asked Lulu. It looked like it shattered into a million different pieces. Yes, I did. In fact, that is exactly why I'm here, he said. Something has gone wrong. Something very big and very, very important. You two are going to need to prepare. That rainbow has been an important part of keeping Etheria safe and this land healthy. We're going to need your help. Nay and Lulu looked at each other in the eyes, nodded at one another, and looked back at Tuck, standing just as teensy standing just a teensy bit taller. What can we do? they asked. There, over in the forest caves, at the base of Mount Willow, one of the shooting stars fell, the blue one, and I need you two to go retrieve it. The star was found by a frost giant and was taken down into the depths of the caves. I need you guys to go down and get it from him. But now there is one other headed down there who may be lost. I need you also to find him and the star both. So Princess Nea and Princess Lulu set out immediately. They traveled most of the day, and since they were familiar with the land, they had no problem finding the frost caves at the base of Mount Willow. And they started going down, down, down into the depths of the cave, looking for this lost person and keeping a close eye out for any frost giants. As they descended further and further into the cave, they heard a bunch of low-pitched gibberish. A little ways off, maybe this could be a lost person, they thought. As they quietly got closer, it turned out to be a bunch of dwarves who lived in the frost caves. Now, Nea and Lulu had met dwarves before, but not these dwarves. In fact, these dwarves seemed to do nothing but joke around with each other, poking fun at someone's nose or the size of their ears or some other odd feature. Nea and Lulu were very careful when they walked up to introduce themselves, as they knew there could be a frost giant nearby. Why, hello, dwarves. I'm Princess Nea, and this is my sister Lulu from Sparland Castle. Have any of you seen anyone lost? We're looking for someone as well as a frost giant who lives, who lives deep inside these caves. "'Good day to you, ladies,' said one of the dwarves. "'While we have not seen any other humans today, "'we do know where the frost giant is, "'and as you both look to come in peace "'and are of noble house, let us help you both.' And with that, they pulled out a map of the frost caves where certain landmarks, including the giant's quarters, were. As the girls were about to leave, one of the older dwarves signaled Lulu to come close to him. The other dwarves looked at him ever so closely, and then they nodded, signaling that he had made an important decision. If you dare to go see the frost giant, he said, you ladies will need this flute. I reckon neither of you speak giant. The girls both shook their heads. They had heard in their adventures mixed stories about giants. Some had said that they were brute force, angry and destructive. Others had said that they had been rescued by giants, and that, in fact, giants were protectors of the land. Since Nay and Lulu had never met one before, let alone talked to one, they weren't sure which side to believe. Well, said the dwarf, there is a tune that you can play in front of a giant that will put them to sleep. It's a special tune that is meant to bring much calm and peace to the atmosphere, and with giants it works wonders. We use it all the time when he comes up here, and he can get awfully angry. Now let us teach it to you. So one of the smaller dwarves 
pulled out a similar flute and played a little ditty, and it went something like this. If you play that tune, the frost giant will go right to sleep. Now, we haven't seen anybody come down here other than you ladies, but we do know that on the far side of this cave, on the eastern side, there's a little oasis, a watering hole, an underwater spring, and it's filled with special fairy water. Sometimes, explorers come looking for it because it's magic. It's marked on your map right here. And with that, one of the dwarves pointed it out. So Princess Lulu and Princess Nea decided that they would check it out. And they went down into the cave. It winded around, and for a few minutes they got lost. But luckily, they looked back at the map and eventually made it to the oasis. When they got there, there was a boy sitting in the oasis, filling a flask full of water. When they got closer, they recognized the boy as their friend, Prince Paul. Paul, Paul, what are you doing here? When Paul saw them, a large smile grew on his face. Well, I got lost trying to help Tuck. He told me that there was, there was something special in this cave that I needed to find. So I came here to get fairy water. Only now I don't think I can remember how to get out. Maybe we can help. We have a map that the dwarves who live in this cave gave us. Great, replied Paul. Only there's one thing. We also have to get this falling blue star from the frost giant for Tuck. From a frost giant, said Paul, and his eyes lit up. Yes, but we have this flute, Lulu said, holding up her instrument. Paul rolled his eyes. I guess it wouldn't be the first time you guys had a crazy idea. No, no, Paul, it's a magic flute. It puts him to sleep, said Nea. Paul looked at Nea, then at Lulu, and then back at Nea. Well, if it's all the same to you, I'll keep my dagger close. So the three adventurers followed the map down to the base of the cave, where the frost giant's quarters were located. As they crept up on the calm giant, they quickly and quietly got as close to him as they could. Just as Princess Lulu was about to pull out her flute, Paul unsheathed his dagger, making an odd clicking sound as it slid out. The frost giant turned around and growled at the most in the most loud obnoxious voice you've ever heard. Naya and Paul stood there, frozen, while Lulu calmly pulled out her flute and slowly began to play her tune. As the giant saw the flute and began to hear the tune, his eyes widened and he slowly became heavy. He started to yawn and then yawn again. In fact, he couldn't stop yawning until he fell over flat right there on the ground. Well, not really on the ground. Luckily, he had a bunch of pillows on the ground that he was just about to fluff, and he fell on those. Now, as soon as he fell on the ground, or on his pillows, the three kids ran over and thought, where is this blue star that fell? And they began to look around. They looked in all the furniture in the room and behind the giant himself, but with no luck. There were a few other rooms they were about to search when Paul noticed something glowing in the giant's pocket. As he stepped closer, the blue light radiating from the giant's pocket got brighter and brighter. As soon as Paul opened the giant's pocket, a bright blue light shined out from it and nearly blinded all three kids. And Paul reached in and pulled out a bright, shining blue crystal that seemed to pulse with light with Paul's own heartbeat. This must be it, Paul said. Naya and Lulu nodded, and the three of them headed out of the cave. 
As they walked out of the frost caves, Tuck was there, waiting for them. It looks like you three have found it, he said, nudging Paul's hand that held the blue star. And as Paul pulled it out of his pocket, it was still glowing. Then Tuck saw that the star was glowing, a bright blue color in Paul's hand. And he shook his head, and he nudged Paul's hand with his nose. No, Paul of Cedar Landing, this falling star was meant for you. Paul looked at the large beast, a little confused. What am I supposed to do with a glowing crystal like this? You will find out soon enough. Another is coming, and she will help guide you on your path. It is just getting started. Finding this crystal is just the beginning for you, Paul of Cedar Landing. And then he looked at the two sisters. And I presume this is just the beginning for you two as well. As Tuck left the three adventurers, Paul didn't know why or what it all meant. And neither did Naya or Lulu. But that would be for another story. The End The Land of Etheria is produced by a father-daughter team and made possible in part to its supporting fans. It's contributions from fans like you that keep the adventure going. If you enjoy The Land of Etheria and would like to see more episodes, please visit us at www.thelandofetheria.com and consider supporting the podcast. Thank you and have a great night.